Welcome back, everybody, to the Pop Anime Comics Lounge, where I have with me professional wrestler, American fitness model, bodybuilder, and owner of SessionGirls.com, Jennifer Thomas. So thank you for being on the podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me here to be on. I am super stoked because we're going to be talking about a lot of interesting things. And so I kind of want to start at the beginning because your path into wrestling was very unique where it didn't start with wrestling. It started with weight training and bodybuilding. How did you get into that? Well, it kind of all started back in 1999, year 2000. I was starting to get in shape and I was living up in Seattle, Washington at the time. And basically I decided with everything that I do, I like to be with the best of the best. And where is the best fitness and bodybuilders? They're in Venice Beach, California. So I decided to move my butt to Venice Beach and train at the famous World Mecca Gold Gym. And that's where, you know, I continued to do fitness and bodybuilding for a while. I had won many competitions on the amateur level and I wanted to go pro. But around that same time, I was getting a little burnt out, not really feeling it anymore as far as being on stage, flexing my muscles. And I was like lost in a sense. I didn't know what to do with myself because I've always been an athlete all my life and very proud of myself that I was able to make such a transformation in my body. And so it's very important that I stayed in shape. But how do I make a living staying in shape? And I ran into Chris Bell, and Chris Bell, he has a documentary called Bigger, Stronger, Faster, and his whole family's in the wrestling scene. And then I was introduced to Luther Reigns and Mark Henry in the gym, and I had no idea who they were because I never really followed pro wrestling, but they kind of planted the seed. They're like, Jennifer, you have an amazing look, amazing body, you should try it. So I started to go to UPW, which was ran by Rick Bassman at the time, and that's where John Cena started and The Miz, and it was awesome. I got to start my wrestling journey with the best, and I didn't think it was going to be so difficult. I thought it was fake, like everybody else telling me, but you know what I really learned quickly that pro wrestling is not fake you're getting glammed for real you're getting hit for real not like an intentional real hit of course but you know what I mean so you have to condition your body to be abused and for six weeks I was crying literally after every single class because it was so hard for me but I forced myself to stick with it because there was something about this sport I don't know what it was my goal of course was okay I'm going to give it my all I'm not liking it right now it's very painful I want to quit I'm getting whiplash all the time I'm getting the wind knocked out of me all the time. This is not pleasant for me. But like I said, something told me to just stick to it, stick to it, stick to it. And Rick Bassman threw me in front of WWE, and I got my tryouts with WWE. And that's when Shelly Martinez and Melina were trying out. So I remember training with them and being with them at the tryout. So that's my pro wrestling. And then I moved over to Arizona and started training with Navajo Warrior for a while. And then I fell in love with my wrestling instructor. Navajo Warrior was one of the instructors. So no, I did not fall in love with him. But I fell in love with the other wrestling instructor in Arizona. His name was Jack Bull. He ended up getting a WWE contract. And we both went together to Atlanta and trained at Deep South Wrestling with Bill DeMott. And then went to Kentucky with Al Snow and Danny Davis. And again, kind of just went with the path that the universe was taking me on and trained with top WWE. CM Punk was there. Beth Phoenix was there. Mickey James was there. Paul Heyman was there. And I got to really establish a lot of great relationships with people and work on practicing on what I love, which was wrestling, and hopefully getting in with WWE. 
And when they decided to move to Tampa, I decided to go back home. I did not go to Tampa with them. I spent two years in Kentucky with them and decided to move back to Seattle for a little bit. And then from Seattle, I ended up moving back to L.A. So everything kind of went into a full circle. And here I am. I'm not with WWE, but I continue to go to the WWE shows. I'm one of their extras when they're in Los Angeles or Las Vegas. And I'm still in close contact with all the people that I used to train with. And I still feel like they're family to me. But my main focus with wrestling now is the mixed wrestling. And the mixed wrestling scene came around the same time the pro wrestling did. When I was doing the pro wrestling, I was introduced into session wrestling, where basically women can wrestle men and get paid for it. And I found it quite fascinating. I'm like, for real? When you lift and carry, which, you know, you pick up a guy and you do squats with them. And I'm like, people will pay for that? For real? And I thought it was pretty strange at first. And then I went and did my very first session and it was amazing. It was so awesome because the guy loved being put in a headlock and I loved giving it and I was able to overpower him. And I'm talking about overpower him for real. This isn't fantasy stuff. I was really able to dominate him. And that was such an empowering feeling for me and so I'm like well this is really cool this is like me getting paid to do my homework I would go to pro wrestling class learn holes and then basically go do sessions and learn how to do them for real and get paid for it and that allowed me to continue to train for pro wrestling and not have to go worry about getting a real job per se that's a lot of stuff to work with so I want to back up a little bit you're coming off of this weight training fitness modeling being on a bunch of fitness magazines and in them. What was that adjustment like from going from a non-combative sport to a very combative sport? And you were speaking about getting the wind knocked out of you, but what was that transition like for you? Well, I didn't feel too threatened, not with pro wrestling, because in pro wrestling, when we're in the ring, we're working together. I'm not really out to hurt you. You're not really out to hurt me. This is an entertainment sport. So I wasn't afraid of the person deliberately hurting me like a UFC fight or something like that. What I was afraid of was getting suplexed or getting body slammed. So that transition from being on stage doing double bicep poses to now getting slammed, there was a lot of fear going on. I said my prayers every single time. Please, Lord, keep me safe because I don't have health insurance. And it was very challenging. And that's why I love wrestling so much, especially pro wrestling, because it challenges me in every aspect. It makes me be somebody that I'm not. If you really know me, know me, I'm like a kind of shy, reserved kind of girl. I don't talk a lot, kind of to myself. And pro wrestling makes me become a character. It makes me have to entertain people or connect with people. And that's always been kind of difficult for me. But like I said, I want to challenge myself. I want to grow and I want to test myself physically, emotionally, spiritually. And pro wrestling did all that for me. So that's kind of like the transition from fitness to the wrestling. I felt like I was limited on stage with fitness. You go up there, you do your poses, and you're getting judged by a bunch of judges that never even competed themselves. I'm not putting them down, but I'm just saying everything is very subjective as far the bodybuilding world. With pro wrestling, I felt like I want to show that I have talent behind this body, that I'm not just all deltoids, calves, and just all look on the outside, that I can actually perform and do something with this physique. And pro wrestling allowed me to do that. And I'm very grateful for it. And now I want to go through some names from your early career, who you had to wrestle. And some of them have gone on to do some amazing things. And one of the people that you wrestled very early was Shelly Martinez. You wrestled Melina very early. You wrestled Beth Phoenix when you were in WWE's territory system development. You also wrestled ODB. 
And you also had the opportunity to wrestle Angelina Love, a very young Angelina Love at that. So just name a few. What was it like going up against some of these women who are arguably some of the best wrestlers in the world? Oh, I got goosebumps as you were saying all those names because it puts me back in time. It was an amazing experience. Like I said, I never followed pro wrestling when I started pro wrestling. So I could have been with a superstar and not even known I was with a superstar. And I remember meeting Kurt Angle for the first time and I didn't even know who he was. So people were like, how did you not know? But I learned very quickly. And with these amazing women like Shelly Martinez, and Molina and Beth Phoenix and Natty Nightheart and Mickey James. I got to learn really fast on like, wow, I'm in the ring with them. I need to learn as much as I can from them. Shelly is very much a great performer. She's very dramatic. Then you have Beth. I love Beth and Kat, Katie Lee Birchall or Katarina Waters. She's one of my favorites because she always spent the extra time with me in the ring to help me. But for me, the only way to get better is to be with people that are better than myself. And they all helped me become who I am today as a wrestler. And I'm always going to be a work in progress. I'm never thinking I'm going to perfect it. But I used to wrestle Angelina Love at Deep South with Bill DeMond and with Shelly in UPW and then over at OVW. And then with Molina, it was more so in Arizona with Navajo Warrior because that's where she was living at the time before she got on TV with WWE. So I've been a very lucky woman. I'm very happy to be in the ring with all of them. And I'm still in the ring with some of them. I'm in the ring with Kat and Shelly and I just were together a couple weeks ago it's been great and now before we transition out of wwe and into the session and custom wrestling i do want to ask what did it feel like to get a wwe developmental contract because that is really the brass ring and the goal for so many wrestlers going from the independent scene into the wwe pipeline system and obviously in 2018 and going into 2019 that's changed slightly but what was that like for you to kind of get the gold standard I don't even know if I could put words to it. I felt very privileged. I felt like hard work does pay off. I felt like I put a lot of training into it before Al Snow and I was able to train with WWE Developmental. I felt this is an amazing opportunity. I want to keep on with it and take advantage of this blessing and hopefully go further and get on TV. My main goal was to be a WWE diva, and there's no point in joining pro wrestling just to do it. And I'm the type of person that I want to be the best of the best, or with the best of the best. To get that far up, I was ecstatic, so it was a blessing. I'm very happy to have had that opportunity with them. And now I know we didn't cover nearly enough in WWE and your early career, but I do want to talk about what I think is more interesting, and that's the underground wrestling scene. And one of the things that you mentioned is session wrestling, and then eventually, and I'm under the assumption, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that led to the formation of session girls. So how'd you get into session wrestling? What is that for those who are unaware? How'd you get into it? And how does it all work? Session wrestling is basically strong female athletes that dominate men through wrestling. We're not dominatrix. We're basically female wrestlers where men have a desire to be overpowered by women through wrestling holds. I never knew this existed. We could call it a fetish. In fact, we will call it a fetish. But I have no problem accommodating that fetish because I enjoy it. So basically, that's what session wrestling is. It's mixed wrestling. There's other types, too. Like some people ask for lift and carry, like I said, where you just carry the person around or they're boxing so that's what I specifically geared towards and that was my thing for session goals there's one site out there that offered a directory of women called WB270 
it started in 1998 and it was the only website out there. And I joined that website, but I had to go through the guy that owned it to post my travel or to post my pictures or whatever. And I'm like, why isn't there a website where I can just do this myself? Why do I have to ask somebody to do it for me? I want to manage my own profile. And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to create my own website and to where not only I, but all the other girls can manage their own profiles. And that's what I did. And that was the birth of Session Girls in 2010. And it has grown immensely. And now there's only two sites in the whole entire world that accommodate mixed wrestling, and that's WPP70 and Session Girls. And I'm happy that I'm able to create something that has become huge and that helps many women, female athletes, make a living from doing what they love to do. That's what session wrestling is. It's more underground. It's not mainstream. It's taboo. People frown upon it. I'm sitting in a plane and I'm talking to somebody. Oh, you're a wrestler. I say more the pro wrestling end. I don't say, oh, I meet men privately and I wrestle in a bikini with them and make them tap out. People don't understand it. And in fact, I think that's one of the reasons with WWE where that didn't move forward was because why am I going to hide something that I'm not ashamed of doing? I'm not ashamed of doing custom videos and you hire me to do the scripts. Why? would I say no to that? I'm wrestling. I'm doing exactly what I'd be doing at a show, but instead I'm doing it in a warehouse somewhere and there's only three people in the building instead of 3,000. And I'm getting paid very good money to do it. I don't know why that's frowned upon, but it seemed to me, especially back then when I was at OVW, that that was frowned upon by WWE. So I felt like, is it for sure that we don't want to use Jennifer anymore because we heard she does custom videos? That's not definite, but that was what you heard. And I don't want to say I had to choose, but well, you you know what? I'm still doing what I love to do, and it's wrestling, and I'm happy. And so WWE, as much as I bear a gift to me, I wasn't going to not do my sessions anymore. I feel like I should be able to do whatever I want as long as I'm happy. And like, why did they frown upon it? And you know what's so funny is that they're having Nick Hag matches right now on WWE. I have a website now that has over a thousand women on it around the world that are female wrestlers. Some of them are pro wrestlers. Some of them are MMA fighters. Some of them are pro bodybuilders. They all have to have an alias. They use a different name because we're going to be frowned upon. That's just the way it is. I don't know why. Hopefully it changes in the future because I don't see anything wrong with it whatsoever. And now to talk a little bit about that, obviously Session Girls has been around for eight years and it's going into its ninth year. And you just said you have over a thousand women on the site registered and they come from all different walks of life. So how do you Correct. feel that the site has evolved from day one to where it is now? And what do you attribute that evolution and that growth to? I think great relationships and having people know that you're a genuine person. I mean, I don't even have to tell you I'm a genuine person. You'll figure that out instantly. And just connecting with people. I did not do any promotion at all for Session Girls. Session Girls built it on its own, but it's because girls who knew me personally, that they would join the site and then they would tell other girls they would join the site. And it was all about just connecting together. And as we connected together, it would just grow, 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 and grow. And whenever there's been an issue or problems or anything like that, they all come to me and I try to fix the problem. So it's not like I'm just a business. I'm a friend too. And I have a passion for this. I love this. And I know that not only do the women sense that about me, but the men as well sense that about me. 
I love what I do. And like I said, I'm not ashamed of what I do. And if I can help other people get the same satisfaction that I'm getting out of it, then I'm all for it. I'm even amazed on how much it's grown. We don't even have an Instagram page. It's all been just the recruitment of girls recruiting other girls. So I'm very grateful for that. We all work together and everything is ran by men, but I'm the only woman that has this type of website, like a directory and where men can find women to wrestle them. So I don't know how many women exactly listen to my podcast, but I know there are women who want to become wrestlers. And it seems that this is one way how to do it. How do people register and what accolades or what requirements do they need to join Session Girls besides being a woman? Right now, there's been a few women that you can kind of tell where they're like, do you really wrestle? What are you really doing here? And so I've actually bumped up my requirements for joining the website. But you need to have references like who is referring you to the site? Is it another session girl? Because that's always very helpful. We want the real deal stuff. Because there are girls out there that just want to make the quick dollar, quick money. They don't even really know what they're doing. But thankfully, they kind of don't really stick around in the business that long because people figure out that they really don't know what they're doing and they're not legit. But for women... Session Girls isn't about teaching you how to wrestle. Session Girls is about making money because you already know how to wrestle. So they would go to the website and join and register and send a picture, proof of identity, because we've had a lot of fake profiles lately, and that's really frustrating. And then giving me references if they have some and what kind of training that they've had. But we have boxing, like girls that are boxers. So do they need to have a wrestling background to be on Session Girls? No, because we offer boxing sessions, so they can just provide boxing. Or power lifters, they can do lift and carry. So not everybody has to know wrestling specifically, but they have to be somewhat trained in some kind of sport to where they can offer a session when a guy is asking for it. And now I want to shift away from session girls to talk about custom wrestling, which is another way people can make money. It's predominantly dominated by women at the moment with very few men in it. So I want to talk about what is custom wrestling for those who are unaware what is that? Obviously, I spoke with Allie Parker, who you know, and she explained it, but I'm curious what your definition is for starters so everybody's on the same page. Custom wrestling is basically creating videos that are based upon a script that was given to us, like an order. I want Jennifer Thomas to wrestle Allie Parker, and I want it to be a complete squash match. I want Jennifer to dominate Allie with headlocks and a bunch of head scissors, and I want the finish to be a rear naked choke, and Allie passes out, and you do a victory pose over her, and that's it. That's basically what a custom video is. It's a script that we're doing for somebody. And I've done customs with ODB. I've done customs with Tracy Brooks. I've done customs with Angelina Love and with Shelly Martinez as well. And she started back doing customs again, and I'm so excited for her. So that's what custom wrestling is. Now, I'm not putting down pro wrestling at all, but there's been times where we've driven six hours from home to do a 10-minute match for $25 and driven back home. A custom video, we do a 10-minute match 15 minutes away from our house, and we get paid approximately $125 for a 10-minute match. So there's so much more money opportunity, I feel, than the pro wrestling. But I understand with pro wrestling, you're paying your dues, you're working your way up. And I get that, and I totally respect it. And I've done it plenty of times where even to this day, I still go do a pro wrestling show for $25 or $50, knowing very well that I can get paid much more doing it somewhere else privately. But because I love pro wrestling so much still, and it's part of my heart, not everything is about money. But custom videos is just doing a scripted match. And Allie Parker has done very well with those because she started her own promotion called Las Vegas Customs. And one of the cool things about 
custom wrestling is that it's attracting some of the top indie stars. Shotzi Blackheart has been involved in that. Cheerleader Melissa. We mentioned Ali Parker. Amber O'Neill has done them. Joey Ryan has done some stuff in it. So what do you think about the fact that it's attracting all this top indie talent? And there's been WWE superstars who have done that as well as Zelina Vega has been involved in custom wrestling. So how do you feel that it offers you the opportunity as well as others to wrestle some of the top indie stars? Well, you know what's so funny is that back when I was in OVW, a lot of the girls that I trained with, none of them would do custom videos. That was like a no-no. You just didn't do it. I don't care how much money it gave you, you just didn't do it. And I'm like, but why? Why won't you do a custom video? You would be doing it in the ring for practice anyways. And it's so funny how it's evolved because now everybody is doing it. Cheerleader Melissa is doing custom videos now where she never used to before. It's just very interesting. And to be with, you know, the top indie girls, I just appreciate being in the ring, period. I don't look at what wrestler is, who's the top wrestler. I appreciate their talent. I appreciate their time in the business. And I just love the fact that we're working together and we're able to make money doing what we love together. So I've never really thought about it like, oh, I'm in the ring right now with so-and-so. I've never been that way. You know, I just kind of look at it as like, we're both equals. We're both attempting to do the same thing, and that's making a life for ourselves doing what we love. And now we have to talk about this, but custom wrestling, it can get out of hand as people can send in a crazy script. They could ask you to do something that you don't feel comfortable with. I hate to bring up Allie, but she won't do certain things in a match where she doesn't feel comfortable with. So where do you draw your lines with custom wrestling? I don't do anything that shows any nudity. I feel uncomfortable with men's bumping and grinding and it's more fetish, sexual kind of thing. I feel uncomfortable doing that. I've done it a couple times and I didn't like the feeling of it. It just didn't feel right for me. Sometimes they'll ask for like a pin where your face sitting on a girl. And I don't mind that as long as it's just like for a couple seconds. But if you're like keeping your ass on my face for like more than a minute, I'm having a problem with it because it's no longer more of a wrestling move. Because if it was, I'd have had your ass off my face in seconds. They do ask for certain things that I'm like, no, I'm not into like crotch grabbing. Can't we just keep this clean, like PG-13? And those are the ones that I gravitate to the most. And like I said, I have done a couple where I'm like, there's a little bit too much of Bronco busting or too much this and that. But you have the right to say yes or no to it. We have a lot of foot people. Like, people want to see, like, the feet in the face or tickle wrestling. I don't mind doing tickle wrestling, putting people in holes and tickling them. That's kind of fun. And now custom wrestling has been distributed in a variety of ways. How do you distribute your custom wrestling? (laughs) Because they have the potential to generate passive income. Well, most of the time, my custom wrestling is I get hired by companies. They get to sell the video. But Session Girls is now offering a clip store in each profile. So, for example, Allie Parker, you go to her profile on Session Girls. She has videos up in her profile that you can buy. And I'll be able to keep a percentage of what she sells. So that's a way of me able to monetizing the site and for her to make money and I to make money. And it's a win-win scenario. Same thing with Jezebel, with Santino Brothers, the wrestling school in Los Angeles. She has a profile up on Session Girls. She sells videos in her profile. That's where we kind of sell our videos that we do on our own that no one has hired us. And we can also put them on a site called Clips for Sale. Now, Clips for Sale is a very fetishy porn type of 
website, but you can have your own wrestling store within their website, and they generate huge amounts of traffic. So you're going to make the most money on clips for sale because they have the most traffic. So a lot of girls will sell their custom videos on that website. And now we're a bit pressed for time, so I do want to transition one more time. And you might know this wrestler, you may not, but I'm wondering what your feelings is on Jenny Bloody Valentine. I feel bad for her. You know what she's capable of doing, but they're just not giving her the opportunity to showcase it. Thankfully, Jenny Bloody Valentine has a great attitude about it. We all know it's entertainment, but if it was not entertainment, there would be a lot more blood on the mats. Let's just say that. And now if you were to give commentary on her last three matches, starting with a Rocky <laughs> Nuclear Norris, what would you say that match was? If you were commentating, I would be like, what the hell? I'd say, this is bullshit. How are you doing a cage fight and a stand-up knockout is not legal? I don't get it. I thought that was a bunch of baloney. And that was really, really, really frustrating. And I got suspended for that. But why? Like, UFC. Like, could you imagine if they said, oh, sorry, you hit somebody in the face standing up. It's illegal. I don't even know if I can do commentary on that just because I get so flustered thinking about it. And there are two more fights that we need to talk about. And they're all losses. Is LFC lingerie fighting championships? Is this UFC or is this pro wrestling? What is it? It does not take much for somebody in the audience to comparison and to say, what's going on here? What's wrong? I don't want to say anything that's going to get me suspended again. So all I'm trying to say is that Jenny Bloody Valentine, she's going to get her first win eventually. And... There is one thing I do want to talk about before we start wrapping this up, and you are a Paul Heyman girl. And so how did that relationship form? Because obviously Paul Heyman is a wonderful advocate. He might be the mayor of Suplex City, but how did that relationship really form? Well, when I was at OVW, he became like a mentor for me, and we've always stayed in contact after I left OVW, and we've always stayed really good friends throughout all these years. And a couple of years ago, he called me up and he's like, hey, Jen, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. I'm just getting done with volunteering because I used to volunteer at a church. And he's all, how about you fly to Vegas? And I'm like, huh? He goes, fly to Vegas. You're going to be a Paul Heyman girl. And I'm like, really? He goes, yep. He goes, I'll get you your airline ticket and we're going to have you out here and we're going to shoot you. So I jumped on a plane, like I think that night or the next day, flew to Vegas and became a Paul Heyman girl and got to do the whole shoot and stuff. And it was amazing. And it was so nice to see Paul again. Again, of course, because it's been years since I've seen him. And then recently this year, he pulled me up and says, Jen, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. Why? He goes, how about you be a line producer for me? And I'm like, what? He goes, a line producer. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, don't even worry about it. I'll teach you how to do it. He goes, you up for it? And I'm like, yes, I'm up for it. I'll do it. So this summer, I got to go back out there and not only be one of the models for Paul Heyman, but also work behind the scenes as well. He's going to be in my life for a lifetime. I just know it. And he's given me opportunities and he's always helped me along the way. And we have a relationship that goes outside of pro wrestling and I'll always appreciate him. And do you feel that your relationship with Paul Heyman has helped Session Girls as well as helped in custom wrestling? Do you feel that they all kind of work together and just continuously push you up? I think everything just fell into place. I feel like there's an element to everything. I'm like every slice of the pie. So my pro wrestling, Paul Heyman has been great for me for the pro wrestling stuff. He's been great as far as just being there for me. And I just stick with my pro wrestling with him. But they all tie in together no matter what. Just the fact that I have relationships with the top people 
in every aspect of the wrestling world. And that definitely helps for everything. And it's not like I search for that. They just established and they evolved. So I am so happy with where I'm at. If I was to die tomorrow, I'm happy with the life that I have lived. I have no regrets whatsoever. I've lived my life. I've done everything that I've wanted to do. I've never followed the rules of society and been told you can't do this or you shouldn't be doing this. No, I followed my heart. And it doesn't mean that everything comes easy when you follow your heart. No, it actually more difficult, I think, but it's very, very rewarding and it's worth taking the risk. And I'm grateful to Paul and everybody else in this business that's helped me along the way and has been a mentor for me and that's told me that they believe in me. And even though I'm not quite mainstream or I'm not this and that, I've still made a name for myself and I'm proud of who I am and I have no regrets. And now I think this ties into it. I'm sure Paul Heyman has given you some massive advice. And so I'm going to ask you, what advice you have for people who want to get into the wrestling scene, whether it's mainstream as you've gone that route, as well as you've gone the indie and more underground route. What advice you have for people who want to go either one? My advice would be if you want to do something, do it, but do it for the right reasons. Don't do it because, oh, this is going to make me famous or, oh, this is going to make me rich. Do it because it fulfills you. It gives you a feeling of accomplishment. It makes you grow. It challenges you. Let the fame and let the money and everything just be a byproduct of what you do. Don't make it the purpose of why you So my advice is go for it. Do what you want to do and make sure to give it a chance. You're going to want to quit in the beginning. Nothing is easy when you first start it. But each day, just do your best. Do the best that you can do, even if it's the shit. If you did the best and it was the shit, that's okay. It's going to get better, I promise you. It took me three months to freaking learn a freaking arm drag. An arm drag took me three months. But yeah, just stick with it, be consistent, and be passionate. And if you do that, you'll be on a road to success. It may not take you the direction of what you were expecting it to take you, but it'll take you to success, I promise you. You just have to do everything with passion, love, and consistency. And then finally... And I know it feels like we went on a journey here from the beginning of your career all the way to where it is right <laughs> yes. now. But I would like to give you an opportunity to promote yourself. Do you have a Facebook, Twitter, website, Instagram? So, yeah, I'm Jennifer Thomas. I'm a wrestler. So my Instagram is Russell Jennifer Thomas. My Facebook is Russell Jennifer Thomas. And my Twitter is The Real Jen Thomas. And Paul Heyman actually gave that to me. And since you are the owner of Session Girls, where can people find you on Session Girls? There is a search bar and you just type in Jennifer Thomas and right then and there, my profile will pop up. So yeah, and then you'll see not just me, but hundreds and hundreds of amazing women out there that wrestle or do boxing or do MMA or do powerlifting or do bodybuilding. It's such a mix of great women on that website. So if you're going to search for me, I feel no insult whatsoever if you go search for others because I'm all about opportunities for everybody. As always, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. And we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitch Radio, and anywhere else where you listen to your podcasts. And while you wait for next week's episode, you can definitely check us out at popanimecomics.com for articles relating to anime, comics, and pop culture, as well as give us a follow on Twitter at popanimecomics, as well as like our Facebook page, popanimecomics. And until next week, everybody, have a wonderful week.